Bom dia, galera. Bom dia, galera. Vamos que vamos. Alright, what's up, guys? I'm Fenio from the Fight Side. This is the Early Prelims Podcast. Coming at you a little bit late on Monday morning. Hopefully, it's still Monday morning where you are. I don't know. Do a lot of you guys listen to this on Monday morning? I'm not sure. But there's a lot to talk about this week. Obviously, we had a big pay-per-view. The UFC finally delivered after so many mid-cards. Uh, big pay-per-view, very good card. Uh, I think it was fucking amazing. And Other than that, just a few fine announcements. And I guess I'll talk a little bit about the next week card. That it's super, super bad. But yeah, let's talk about the good shit first. Let's talk about uh, UFC 290, I think. Yeah, UFC 290. <laughs> Did a lot of content for that, and I don't know. I don't even know the number of the pay-per-view. But yeah, main event, Alexander Volkanovsky defended his title against Jair Rodriguez. He's changing his stances a lot. Clearly trying to, like, feint and kick to keep Jair, like, away from kicking as freely as he wanted to. Um, getting job uh, with close stances with the inside leg kick as Volkanovski does, you know, uh, one of the best in the sport at doing that. Then a lot of takedowns. I actually made a, a thread on Twitter talking about uh, the takedowns for Volkanovski. The chain wrestling was pretty good. Uh, first takedown came as uh, Yair and Volkanovski both kick Basically, at the same time, I think Volkanovski started the action first, watching in slow motion. Um, so he kicks under Jair's leg, uh, removes the base from him. But at the same time, while he's still kicking, he catches the leg of Jair that was throwing a, a body kick. Pull Jair towards him, uh, turns the corner, gets a double leg. Very good chain wrestling by Volkanovski here showing off his strength but also his his technique and his awareness of how to manipulate the the weight of his opponent. Uh, Jair tried a few stuff, a wall walk at one time, tried a Granby but that failed. Volkanovski made very good job of following him, uh, releasing the log, grabbing the armpit. Cool stuff. Uh, the ground upon uh, it Oh, someone commented to me that it was different that Volkanovski was like trying to land big shots during transitions against um, Ortega and Holloway. And this, he was very committed to actual wrestling. Uh, I was saying uh, to that person that, in my opinion, that was deliberate, that Volkanovski, Volkanovski's camp saw that uh, Rodriguez passed a certain point lacks this scrambling ability, like he's very dynamic at first and attacking from guard. But you can put it flat on his back, especially on half guard and positions like that, uh, side control. So Volkanovski was looking to like establish like, okay, you are now on the ground. And then he went to work with the ground and pound. Very cool stuff. Uh, when Volkanovski found himself in Jair's uh, close guard after the first takedown, he dragged him to the cage. In my opinion, that was uh, not only to get him to his corner, to get instruction, but most important to... To just smash Jair against the cage and um, disallow the ability to to play from his guard mostly. 
Like you kill a lot of attempts when you don't have space to move. Uh, getting arm arm are a bit possible, but triangles, uh, butterfly hooks, shenanigans are harder to get when you're smashed against the cage. In another sequence, Volkanovski catches in the counter. Uh, Jair uh, kind of hurts him when he's closing the distance. Uh, Jair lands a very nice right hand to Volkanovski's face, uh, but he stays cool and collected. Grab, grab the, uh, grab collar ties, throw a knee, drop from the for the takedown immediately. The end of the fight came as Volkanovski throws uh, an inside leg kick, um, pulls pulls back and shifts into a beautiful right hook that hurts Jair pretty bad. Uh, pretty cool sequence, Volkanovski starts stalking Jair to the cage uh, using feints. Uh, first a very like committed feint to see the reaction of Jair. Then a second feint where like he freezes and attacks like on the on the mid beat. Like you're counting one, two, three and between the two and the three he goes uh, with a punching combination. Uh, collar ties with a knee. Uh, digs a big body shot in there and a pretty cool detail that he hits an uppercut to just stand up Jair to get a clear path to his hips, double leg and smash him with the ground pound. Uh, pretty easy defense of the title for Volkanovski in my opinion. Uh, he didn't see many sketchy moments. He was doing a, a very good job of defending kicks, especially, especially the high kicks. He was hiding behind his shoulders very well. Uh, Jair had his moments, uh, especially when Volkanovski gave him a little bit of a space and time on the third round. That's where Jair thrives. And even then, in that round was where Volkanovski hurt him and finished him. Uh, there was a, a pretty big headbutt. Uh, Jair didn't look like too hurt after it, but, but it, it's something of note. Bilal Mohamed, who trained with Jair for this camp, was saying that it played a huge part. Uh, hard to tell, to be honest, but I mean, you gotta defend yourself out there. It wasn't like Volkanovski uh, had buried him on purpose. He was like close in distance. Uh, you know, he's a little bit shorter, uh, a, bi a bit, <laughs> a good bit shorter. And Jair dropped levels and got nailed with a headbutt in the shin. But he, for Volkanovski's credit, he did not look very hurt. But yeah, I mean, Volkanovski clearly pound for pound number one for me, no question asked. Uh, Mahachev obviously very good too, but I mean if you if we're going pound for pound, I, I don't think it's it's very close at all. Co-main so my boy Alessandro Pantoja fighting Brandon Moreno, who was trying to defend his flyweight title and put his rivalry with Davidson Figueredo behind. Pantoja comes out as a house on fire. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know, Pantoja always fights like a madman. He's he's so fucking confident. Even in their first fight where Pantoja didn't was not a good striker at all. I mean he still has a lot of flaws, but he's a lot better now. But he was he's just so unbreakable and confident and that, I think that Moreno is like used to have that edge on people and the the fact that Pantoja is like even more determined, even more focused on just making <laughs> making in a dogfight, uh, I think it fucks with Moreno's brain. Uh, Pantoja comes very hot. Moreno tries to stall him in the clinch. I think that's a, that was a good decision. But then Pantoja catches him with a big left hook, drops him, follows him with good ground pound. 
Then second round begins, Moreno fighting very well behind the jab, something that I thought was going to be a key factor in this fight. Uh, the place where Moreno has improved uh, the most, and then Pantoja looks very tired. In the second round already, he looks a little bit, not like death tired, but you can tell like Moreno is a lot fresher than him. Uh, and those were like the two things that were the key into this rematch. The big difference between the second fight and the third fight, uh, as I said, it was going to be Pantoja's gas tank against Moreno's jab. Both trouble on the second round. Moreno clearly wins the second round. Then third round, Pantoja just... Pantoja is a dog, man. Uh, he starts uh, jabbing very well with Moreno when Moreno is uh, jabbing from close distance. Uh, Moreno, despite having the jab, was not uh, controlling a lot of the exchanges. Pantoja was having great success closing the distance with the right uppercut. Uh, he kept Moreno on his toes with the collar ties. Not a lot of knees, a, a few a few good connections with the knees by Pantoja from the collar ties, but, but they kept Moreno tight. Uh, Moreno with some good elbows on the third round, but Pantoja got top position, landed solid ground and pound. I thought that was a Pantoja round. Uh, fourth round. Uh, yeah, fourth round, Pantoja got a lot of top position. Uh, I don't remember well anymore, but... But I thought Moreno won that one on damage. I thought they were like 2-2 moving into the fifth. Uh, the corner of Pantoja was saying that he was 3-1 up. That got me a bit concerned. Uh, but both corners uh, were pretty urgent about winning the fifth round. Fifth round begins. Pantoja's landed the bigger shots by far, in my opinion, in the beginning. But then Moreno had like 40 seconds, a minute of very good work, but Pantoja still landing. And then Pantoja just takes the back for the reminding of the round. Uh, back by uh, figure four on the feet. Uh, he lands a few shots, but fights for the rear naked choke. You can tell Moreno drilled that rear naked choke defense like super, super well because he was not getting submitted. Um, but yeah, I thought Pantoja won the the fifth too. So for me, the final score is one three five for Pantoja. And and it seems like the the judges agree. The the, the two the, the two judges that scored the five for Pantoja agree with me. Uh, great fight. Great fight. Uh, Moreno, kind of a poor performance, I, I would say. He he could have done more uh, with the jab to prevent the exchanges, but there's something psychological in there going on that Pantoja just just fucks with this guy, you know. Very happy for, Fanto for Pantoja, to be honest. Uh, one of my favorites. And also the kind of fire that always gets overlooked by the UFC, kind of the Formiga, Asunsal, Trinaldo mold. Uh, Pantoja to his favor a lot more of an action fighter than those like Pantoja is always in exciting fights that's a big difference and maybe a reason that he got the title shot but you can tell the the UFC did not want Pantoja to have his title shot uh, but I, I guess the I'm just speculating here but I feel like the UFC just like me felt like Pantoja is is like old enough in his fighting career that should should be a win for Moreno. You can tell the UFC really likes Moreno. Dana White was talking about a, a rematch immediately. Pantoja is three and zero against Moreno right now, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, it is justified that Moreno is not a dominant champion. Uh, he lost. Uh, I mean, yeah, he had that draw against Figueredo. He was not champion. He lost uh, the their third fight. So, yeah, I don't think it's justified to give a, an immediate rematch right now. Unless you don't have anyone else. But I guess there's 
few people more to have. Before that, we have Dricus Duplessis against Robert Whittaker. Whittaker was doing his jab thing earlier, uh, getting some good job. Duplessis, very disciplined about putting the high guard up. Uh, obviously, Whittaker, a good jabber, was still uh, figuring out to land the jab, splitting the guard, uh, was trying his luck with the leaping left hook and trying to, to land to the sides. But yeah, Duplessis, uh, very weird technically. His, his footwork mechanics are so odd. Uh, he pivots uh, at one time to his right and it looks like he was going to fall apart there. Yeah, he's so weird. But yeah, I mean, Duplessis, he was like punishing. Uh, he started as the fight uh, started to progress. Duplessis was trying to to jab uh, during resets and attack with leg kicks. Also, when Whitaker was closing the distance with his very exaggerated slips, uh, Duplessis was trying to, gar to grab collar ties. At the end of the first round, they get into like a, some scuffle in the clinch <laughs> and Duplessis grabs a headlock. D doesn't even block with his head, like that that kind of like head and arm throw that you do when you're a kid and you don't know how judo works. Just blocks with his leg and sweeps Whitaker, lands some very good elbows. Uh, second round, uh, Whitaker comes out more aggressive and that... but. The thing with Duplessis is that he wasn't waiting for his turn, like um, like Betori was doing in his fight with Whitaker. Uh, so he was very willing to disrupt him. Uh, he was, you can tell, Duplessis was still respecting his defense wasn't great, but the high guard was giving Whitaker a lot of trouble. I would say, I mean, not in the sense that. Oh, I can land against this guy, but he wasn't putting uh, the big damage on him. He wasn't having uh, a easy of a time setting up the head kicks and stuff like that. And then one of the big flaws of, of Whitaker that he blitzes inside the distance and he can't be timed. That's how Darren Till dropped him back in their fight. And it happened again. Uh, Duplessis just puts the jab out there, a very stiff jab. Uh, Whitaker walks right into it. Duplessis jabs and covers up, <laughs> moving backwards, and then he he takes like a good second before realizing that he fucked uh, Robert up, and then Duplessis just follows him, very aggressive, uh, kind of sloppy, like we saw the return of his marching combinations there in the finishing sequence, but he's putting power, uh, he sneaked a very big body shot in the finishing sequence though, that was kind of neat, and yeah, he melt, he melted him, so Duplessis... You gotta admit, like, he fights so ugly, uh, a lot of flaws, but he's athletic and he's, he's kind of smart and he's dangerous. So, we cannot say, like, oh, Duplessis is a fraud anymore. Uh, obviously, he would not get this success in a good division, but even against a good fighter here in Robert Whittaker, he still won. Obviously, Whittaker losing a, losing a step in, this, in his career uh, at this moment, but... Still very impressed by Duplessis. Uh, Asanya gets into the cage, Saul's calling him the N-word. Very colorful stuff, let's put it that way. Asanya is super cringe, but I guess I have to root for him against Duplessis, just because Duplessis is just a weirdo guy that says he's a real African and also fights so fucking ugly. So yeah, rooting for Asanya, I guess, but it will be very... Very cringe, the lead up to that fight. <laughs>
Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner had, had a tall boy war going on. Turner, um, the sharper of the two earlier, but Hooker was putting the steady work, putting the steady work. Uh, first, uh, first round I gave to Turner. Then second round, Turner starts looking like better and better. And then he lands a head kick. Uh, thankfully for Hooker, mostly with the foot. Uh, Turner goes, tries to finish. Hooker does a good job of defending himself. You can tell Jalen is a good combination puncher, but he liked his distance. He was not putting the combos together as well against something as tall as Hooker. He still had a pretty decent uh, height advantage and a reach advantage moving on into this one. But yeah, and then Hooker recovers and then he just dogs him. He starts moving forwards, trying to like tank shots, putting combinations together and he hurts Turner pretty bad at the end of the third, uh, second. Uh, gets on a deep rear naked choke and takes the round. But I, I think I gotta score that one for Hooker. And then at the end, he just... Hooker just, I mean, the, th the third one was close, uh, but Hooker had a big moment where he, where where Turner went to hit the floor. I think that seals hit for Hooker, in my opinion. No, I mean, third was clearly Hooker. The second one, you could argue that T Turner maybe hurt him worse, uh, but Hooker had that rear naked choke, so I don't know. At the end, split decision, Hooker wins, very good fight. Uh, cool stuff, cool stuff. Before that, Bo Nickel fought Ball Woodburn. Uh, Nickel got got one takedown stuff by Woodburn, who is a tank and very short, so hard to get shots going against him. And an okay wrestler too. And uh, Woodburn seemed to have Nickel up, up pretty scared with one huge right hand that he threw, but then Nickel just nails him with a few punches. Um, we we already knew Bonica could put strikes together and had power, so yeah, no, nothing was learned here. Uh, give him a good opponent already. Like, let's stop wasting our times here. Uh, let him fight someone good, like someone actually good. Like even the the original booking, I don't remember who it was, but uh, he was going to lose against Bo. Uh, before that, we had the last fight of Robbie Lawler's career against Nico Price. Robbie looked pretty good here. Like, out of the gate, he was sleeping shots, framing, taking angles. Uh, good stuff. But the end of the fight came, uh, they fight in the clinch. And Robbie just nails him with a huge uppercut from single color ties. Then another, another hook inside. Uh, Price just dropped dead. So, amazing. Amazing to see Robbie Lawler go out like that because Robbie Lawler is so good, one of the best of all time and and I deserve happy ending for his career just great, like don't, don't have anything to add, Robbie Lawler very very good a big fan, just exciting fighter but also very very technical, very smooth one of the best fighters in the pocket we ever seen, especially Southpaw, uh, very curious style, the late late career resurgence, everything about it was was great. Robbie Lawler, one of the one of the greatest of all time, even if people don't know. Before that, uh, Tatsuro Taira had a fight with Edgar Chires. Chires winning the striking most of the fight. Uh, 
thought I was commenting that uh, Japanese grapplers, um, they by law in Japan, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but the law in Japan forbids Japanese grapplers uh, to move their head a lot and they cannot hide behind his cho their shoulders. They gotta put their shin straight, straight up in the air and just get blasted if, if that's what needs to happen. It's just uh, an order from the emperor of Japan. Um, like a small K1 kids in Japan and professional boxers get a, like a signed permit that allows them to move their head well and hide behind their shoulders. Not the same for grapplers. Grapplers do not have that luxury. So yeah, Tyra was getting blasted with, <laughs> with the left hook, especially got hurt at one moment in the first round. But Tyra's always looking for the guillotine, man. And you don't do that against a very good grappler with excellent top control as Tyra. Fight had a very funny moment when Herb Dean was t uh, telling Tatsuroda to stop it, like with the with the downward elbows and the the twelve to six. And Tyra tries to like adjust the angle, but then Herb Dean stands him up anyway. End of the fight comes as Chiris. Uh, catches Tyra in a very tight guillotine. That one was actually like in. Uh, Tyra defending, defending. Tyra goes to his back. That can win you a few seconds and I thought it was a very good decision because the fight was about to end and and I think that saved him. But yeah, Chiris had that one. But yeah, good good performance by Tyra finding a, a decent opponent here that, that put up some resistance. So yeah, good for him. Before that, Denise Gomes just blasts Jasmine Jauregui out of the gate. Um, drops level, big overhand from the same side, a very tight right hook, like good mechanics for Gomes. She's powerful, but she has she knows how to punch. And it showed because she put her out. Before that, Alonso Manyfield uh, had the rematch with Jimmy Crude. A lot of both guys very tentative. Uh, I guess Crude tentative of the power of Manyfield and Manyfield tentative because he gassed uh, not super bad, but decently bad in their last fight. Um, and yeah, but Manifield looking solid with the striking. Another one too, especially good trigger for the counters. Crude uh, in the second round tries to push the, the wrestling a little bit harder. Goes for the double leg, tries to transition to the head outside single. Drives Manifield against the cage. Manifield who was uh, sprawling and taking an angle on him and the the neck just comes out and Manifield takes him just, just puts the chin strap very deep grabs a very tight guillotine gets the win that way uh, good performance by Manifield uh, good for him to win this very decisively uh, after the first bout they had I think Manifield is looking good lately to be honest uh, elite for the division uh, I don't know but has the potential very athletic strong uh, the card is decent, all things considered, and he, he's getting better, very better striking mechanics and better wrestling. And when you're that good of an athlete, it doesn't take much two five. And talking about good athletes at two five, Vitor Petrino once Petrino once again, once again being just a fucking beast out there. <laughs> he's just so athletic, so strong. Uh, gets the arm triangle on the third round against. Marcin Pragnio, who he was having a rough time out there again against the, the athletic fighter. 
Before I cover on Simon, got a quick round about against Terence Mitchell. Terence Mitchell, very lanky, tall, uh, insistent wrestler, and got out grappled. I'll grapple it here by Simon, who landed huge ground pound. Uh, I thought in the preview, uh, Terence Mitchell was not up to par for this fight. The fight showed Simon just blasted him. Before that, talking about blasting people, Jesus Aguilar just lands a fucking enormous overhand right on Shannon Ross, put him, sent him to the shadow realm, man. It's a brutal knockout. That deserved a, a knockout of the night, to be honest. Um... But yeah, I mean, Chan Ross, uh, tough luck, man. I mean, Chan Ross is good, but he's just not athletic enough for the flyweight division. Flyweight is run by, by ridiculous athletes, and he couldn't get it. He couldn't put it together in the UFC. Yeah, pretty sad, man. I like Chan Ross. Uh, hoping the best for him because I'm expecting him to be caught after this. And the opening fight was Stefan Rybovic against Kamuela Kirk. Uh, very fun fight. Kamala Kirk gets top position, wins from Dyer on the first round. Then Rybovic starts putting on the pace. Not a lot of body work by Rybovic on this one. I was hyping his body hooks before the fight. But uh, then on the third round, he started putting them together. The, the right hook to the body, especially, he was putting him pretty good. And, but yeah, a yeah, classic Rybovic performance. Uh, showing a bit of improved defensive wrestling. Despite the first round, he was doing good stuff. Not relying so much on the Kimura. But we still saw, saw some classic Rybovic Kimura tricks here and there. So it was a very fun fight. And that was the card. Uh, the only bad parts of this card were... I mean, as a Robert Whittaker fan. Seeing Bobby Knuckles loss, lose was rough, and we did not get to see Jack Della Madalena, sadly. We also, like, once once again losing our time watching Bonnickel fighting people that are not in his level. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm kind of a Bonnickel hater. I mean, no, not that I hate him and I don't want him to succeed, but I just find it very boring to watch this guy that is clearly super good fighting people out of his depth against him. Uh, I just want to see him tested against someone good. He's already 5-0 right now. We've seen plenty of guys with that kind of record fighting regular opposition in the UFC. You don't have to baby him so much. I mean, for the good of his career, they should. I mean, his manager should try to get him the easiest fights possible, obviously. But me as a watcher, as a spectator, I'm just not interested in watching Bo Nickel watch people anymore. I want, I want him to watch good people at least. And that's, that's it. Uh, fight announcements, uh, not a lot. Uh, Dana is saying that John Jones and Stipe is ready for November. No contract signed, I think. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what Dana's saying. Um, so who south uh, from his bout with Chito? No, don't know if I mentioned that last week. And Pedro Munoz is stepping in. That should be a very good fight. Uh, excited for this one. Obviously, the Sahudo fight was better. But this one, this one is good as a replacement. Excited. Uh, William Gomez will fight Lucas Almeida. Should be a fun striking bout. Gomez a little bit annoying, in my opinion. Uh, Almeida got washed on the, on the floor by... What's his name? This, the grappler guy. Stocky grappler guy at 145. 
very good performance. I'll talk about it like two weeks ago or something. Um, and Matthew Semmelsberger will welcome Uros Medic to the welterweight division. And that's rough, man, because Medic super tall, but kind of on the skinny side. And Semmelsberger is a big boy, man. The UFC loves doing this shit. Like, oh, you think you're moving up? You think you're moving up a weight class? Uh, I mean, you think you're moving up a weight class, but but you're fighting a guy that is fucking huge. They they always just do that shit. Uh, Kinoshita will fight Billy Goff. Kinoshita was cool in his debut. Got killed in his last fight. And yeah. The, the final announcements, sadly, were not very exciting, so I have to talk about Home versus Bueno Silva now. Mm. This card is rough. Maybe the worst we've seen in a very, very long time. This is like UFC on fuel kind of shit. No, not, e not even those cards were this bad, to be honest. This is so bad. So yeah, main event, Holy Home against Mayra Bueno Silva. Uh, bueno Silva has a decent chance of winning, in my opinion. She's very athletic, she hits hard, has some kickboxing fundamentals. Hopefully she can keep with the pace, uh, the movement doesn't throw her off too bad, but I think she can do similar stuff to what Ketlin Vieira did to beat Holly Holm. By the way, Ketlin Vieira beat the shit out of Holly Holm, that split decision was bullshit. Vieira like super clearly won that fight. But yeah, I mean, it's a holy home. I'm probably not going to be fun. Hopefully, Bona Silva wins. That's all I can say, to be honest. Co-main is Durayev versus uh, the Iron Turtle, Junyong Park. Not a bad fight, but this is this is not a co-main event, man. And I don't want to be a hater to these guys. Uh, both good fighters, to be honest. Um, and, and to be fair, like the Iron Turtle is riding a, a three-fight winning streak. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's rough. Um, this one's probably going to be good, at least. Uh, they match up pretty well. They're not gonna hate super bad on this fight. Uh, not co-main event material, in my opinion, but a decent fight, decent scrap. One of the good ones in the card. Walt Harris versus Josh Parisian is whatever. I really don't like Parisian, to be honest. Um, I don't know, man. That Just... Uh, Annoying style, like he has very good cardio for heavyweight and he's very big, but he just does a lot of goofy shit. I don't, I cannot get behind that. Hopefully, the big ticket gets a knockout on this one. <laughs> oh man, I'm a, I cannot be like more serious, more diplomatic about this card because it is so bad. But yeah, rooting for what Harris, I mean, the, the matchmaking for what Harris has been brutal to be honest so hopefully the guy can bounce back here Norma Dumont is fighting Chelsea Chandler I do not remember the the debut of Chelsea Chandler but yeah that this fight 145 by the way the division that is dying uh, still having fights I kind of like Norma Dumont to be honest uh, I thought that fight with Carol Hosa was a bit of a mess but it was Pretty good. Um, I thought she beat Macy Shasson too. So yeah, Dumont is fine. Hopefully, uh, 
hopefully she wins here. Otman Asaitar versus Francisco Prado. It's like whatever. Uh, I, I mean, uh, both guys hit hard. Someone is going to sleep, hopefully. But not, not a very exciting fight. Terence McKinney is fighting Nassim Sadikov. Oh, a lot of people saying this is one of the best fights in the card. Uh, I remember Sadikov fight with Evan Elder, who is also fighting in this card, I think. was pretty good. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't like McKinney. Hopefully, Sadikov wins this one. Uh, Tucker Lutz is fighting Melzik Bagdasarian. This one is pretty good. I like this one. This one is a good fight. Uh, I'm on board with this one. Should be fun. Not but not super high level, but should be fun. Uh, expecting Bagdasarian to win, like, kind of easy, though. Estela Nunes is fighting. Victoria Dudakova. Whatever. I mean, Estela Nunes. Tragic record in the UFC. Uh, three straight losses. And Dudakova... 6-0 comes from Contender Series. They are setting her up to win, I guess. What else? What else? Austin Lingo is fighting Melsikiel Costa. That one is fun. That's one that I like this one. This one should be fun. Uh, not much else to say. Should be a fun scrap. Genaro Valdez is fighting Evan Elder. Um yeah. Okay, I guess. Not great. Not great. No, no. Tyson Nam is fighting Asad Maxum. Uh, Maxum making his UFC debut. I don't know anything about him, to be honest. Uh, hopefully he's good. I like Tyson Nam. This probably could be a good fight. Uh, Kazakhstan fighter, 16-0. Probably coming with a lot of hype with some weirdos that like fighters from over there. But yeah, I mean, hopefully Asad is good and they have a good scrap. Oh, yeah. Good to have like new prospects as f at flyweight. Car Deaton is fighting Alex Munoz, and I don't remember these guys. Who are these? Like, would really? I watch every I watch every card, and I don't know who these guys are. I know I know who Mesquiel Costa is, and I don't know who these guys are. And the opening fight is Ashley Evan Smith. Versus Eileen Perez. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the podcast, I guess. That's it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to me. Remember to support the, the fight site on Patreon. Uh, you can join our Discord server and we have a big, big catalog of, of content, exclusive content, podcasts and videos that we cannot post everywhere else so yeah thank you so much for everyone that supported us and remember that the early brain podcast is brought to you by x marshall a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love x marshall offers a range of products including rash guard shorts spats geese streetwear and training equipment use code the fight site to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight site, all uppercase, no spaces. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow the socials at xmarshallofficial. Thank you, xmarshall, for sponsoring us. I'm Fenyo from the fight site. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye.